15 minutes ago, I was drilling a hole through the wall. Yeah? You right <laughs> into the back of your computer? <laughs> yeah. Wait, uh, let me, are you recording, by the way? I am, yeah. So, where is this hole? I, whoa, <laughs> look at that. Lucky yeah, boy. So, so, I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Which is a non-air-conditioned space, but my computer is now in in my studio, which is an air-conditioned space. Oh, at first um, I thought you meant that you drilled the hole in the wall while your computer was sitting there. Oh, right oh, on. no. No, yeah, yeah. that would have been good. Um, nice. You sound boothed. It's already, it's already hot, but my computer is nice and cool. Yep, yep. Yeah. You should uh, put a thermometer in there so you can watch it during the show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, episode 40. What are your, what are your ruminations? Hmm, Oceanic is our challenge, and I, I will say that... Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, uh, Matthew Shinoda, for the Oceanic yep. Challenge. I will mm-hmm. say that I have, after 40 episodes, I have not learned my lesson about insisting to myself that I start actively making the challenge thing sooner rather than later. So wait, does that mean you started sooner and you regret it or you started later and you regret it? I I started later as I did Mm. in episode Mm. one. (laughs) Yes. Shout out to Matthew Shinoda, who was our guest last episode. This episode, we do not have a guest. No, we don't. But we have shout outs from previous guests who will punch them in right here. Here? Hello, this is Molly Alice. And I'm about to start building a eight foot tall by six foot wide giant cranky scroll that's going to be able to, you know, there's a moving scroll and people can crank it. And then there's a picture that moves and it's going to be part of a street festival in Santa Monica on October 7th about mobility. So, um, yeah, come check it out. I'll be there on the street in front of Camera Obscura all day with the giant cranky scroll, and it'll be pretty cool. Hope everyone is having a good time. Bye. Hey, everybody. It's Andy Berkey. Uh, Just give you a quick update. I've kind of been struggling for, I don't know, maybe a month or so with kind of a creative slump. Um, I've been just been able to do what I can do in the shop and not a ton more except for uh, photography and that kind of thing. Um, I started my movement out of that slump was finding a sewing machine on Craigslist, which uh, is pushing me into, you know, the total unknown as far as my skill set goes, which is pretty fun. Um, I've also uh, started a series of 20 bowls that I've, I'm going to make. Uh, I call them the Zen bowls, which I just turn on some, uh, some music and, uh, go wherever my imagination takes me and we'll see where those 20 bowls go, but it ought to be strange. So that's about it. I bought this really cool CD in the background that you're hearing. Uh, at the secondhand store for 37 cents, which is awesome. Be good. Hi, guys. It's Charlene from episode 32. How's everyone doing? I hope you had a great summer. I have just come back from Portland. I attended XOXO, um, which was a very uh, interesting time. Um... And then at the end of the month, I'm headed out to the East Coast 
visiting New York, Holyoke, Massachusetts, and then Boston. And uh, I'll also be attending the Open Hardware Association um, conference or whatever it is, symposium or something like that. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, uh, Project-wise, um, I did a little bit of the paint drying thing earlier this summer, and then um, somehow there was too much stuff on my table to do too much of that, but uh, that's one of my one of the things I worked on. Um, but lately, I've been doing cross-stitches of um, profane words. Um, this is a interesting uh, task that uh, I'm probably going to evolve a little bit. I would love to um, maybe do some interesting patterns um, in the future, but somehow cross-stitch is uh, ideally suited to swear words. It's the, the weirdest thing, and so um, it's also somehow a very enjoyable task. Um, so that's what I'm up to right now, and uh, been enjoying the show, listening to all the episodes, so I'm, I'm excited for what's coming up. Hope you guys have a great fall. Take care. Hi, this is Ranjit. I got a hotter popcorn popper and now I'm eating way too much popcorn. That 40 meter long space tapestry I talked about last time is now on view at Science Gallery at Trinity College, so please check it out if you're in Dublin. And I've got a book of algorithmic poetry coming out next month in Nick Montfort's Using Electricity series. I and some of the other authors will be doing readings in New York, Providence, and Boston in mid-October. Watch out for that if you're into weird poetry. Thanks again to Taylor and Rob for the podcast I most look forward to. Hello, Opposable Thumpsters, and Rob Ray, and his sidekick in particular. This is Kelly Martin. I, Kelly Marie Martin, I was on an episode back in January, and I just wanted to let you all know about this really great show I'm going to be a part of called PAC. It's Jonesy's PAC. And um, it's taking place at Cloudon Mann Gallery on 6023 Washington Boulevard in Culver City um, on Sunday, October 21st from 5 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. And what it is, is it's basically a show of denim vests that are made in tribute to um, queer icons of queer history. And I'm really excited to be making my vest in tribute to the amazing artist and a huge influence on me, David Wojnarowicz, who died from AIDS-related causes in 1992 and broke the heart. So come on out. Check it out. It's going to be some hot people wearing hot vests. My friend Dave Jones, also known as Jonesy, um, is the uh, artist who's curating and put the show together. And some other participating artists, other than myself, include uh, Bettina Hubby, Clay Kerrigan, um, Jim Cruson, who's of an awesome artist from the East Coast, Matt Savitsky, Nikki Darling, Samara Halperin, and Silky Shoemaker, with additional contributions from James McCarthy and Hetty L. Colty. Thank you, and keep on keeping on. And don't forget, vote. This is Cedric Ty. Um, what have I been up to? We've got a new studio that is out of our garage. I also had, knew I had a, this friend that was storing a lot of music equipment in a storage facility, and I invited him to bring it into the space and left an open table for him and his partner because they're like new parents. It sounds like time's kind of hard to come by to make art and stuff, and I thought it would be cool if there's someone else actually using the studio, not just us. 
And on the totally selfish side, I really want this guy to show me how to use like all these synthesizers that he's got. We also recently did a Beth Pickens grant writing workshop at the Women's Center for Creative Work. That was awesome. And so now I'm finishing up a uh, Guggenheim application, which I'm well aware I won't get uh, about 10 times. But you know, that 11th try, when I'm like 50, I'm just going to be rolling in it. So I am trying to get friends over to our studio to do studio trades. And I'm enjoying some of the headspace because Rachel is gone on a couple artist in residencies so she's not going to be back until another 40 days from now so oh I, one of the things i wanted to put out there if anyone needs this because i know i do if you need someone to call you or text you a week before say like a grant is due and be like hey get on that you should you should do it are you doing it that kind of check-in is super helpful especially for someone with adhd that needs external motivation so yeah, I wanted to kind of put it out there to see if there's any other creative people out there. Maybe they need some brainstorming help or technical ideas. I love giving that kind of support. Um, and then it would just give me an excuse to be like, hey, you're working on stuff. Do you want to help make sure that, uh, you know, we're all making stuff? That would be great. All right. Thank you, guys. The following voice recording was submitted by Tim Sway a 45-year-old artist, maker, and environmentalist in Connecticut. Since the Opposable Thumbs podcast, episode 30, I have continued with my previous infatuation of making guitars and things out of reclaimed materials. I like to use old cardboard a lot. But what I'm excited to share with you is the secret pet project that I've been working on and the concurrent successes and failures that I've encountered. Postilion and his quest of the Fountain of Youth is fascinating. Many have sought it, and I am among the ranks. I have been searching for natural, chemical, and technical ways to create the precious gift of eternal youth. And Eureka, I think I have found something. As you can tell from the sound of my voice, I am not the 45-year-old many of you expect to hear. You are actually listening now to an 8-year-old boy. And I think I fully understand the secret to eternal life. Enough to share it with the world. Are you ready? Let's first define what living forever is. Is it staying in our 22-year-old body and ignorant personas for eternity? Or is it growing older and more frail for eons? Is it returning to youth to live the same life over and over? Or is it collecting our consciousness, all of our triumphs and failures, and a vessel to share with the future? Does any of these sound like an actual positive existence or more of a curse? We don't want eternity in these flawed meat bags we've been born in. And our consciousness is fully useless crap. Pardon my French. The best way to live forever is to weed through the excess and waste of our lives and to leave behind only the best possible essence of us. And as many of you have probably figured out by now, there was one tried and true way to do this that has worked since the dawn of time. Make good kids. Yeah, you've guessed it. I'm in fact not Tim Sway. Rather version 2.0, also known as Vance. My father insists on implanting his best qualities in me and tries hard not to implant his flaws in his upgrade. I am a project that Tim, his wife Gwen, my older sister Maddie, 
and all of our family has been working on for eight years. We are feeling optimistic about the outcome. Quote, practice and figure it out, end quote, are the two things my dad says to me the most. So these must be important. He also says a lot about caring for other people and animals and the planet. And we like to make people smile. Hopefully this recording will do that for you. And also we have a pet guinea pig. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that was great. Right there. Punched in. Success. <laughs> Here. I guess we should tell people who the, what this is podcast is. And then oh, yeah. Gonna, and then Do the business. Up. Yeah, cool. Uh, oh, man, I know I'm going to be echoey on this episode. I feel it. Really? Yeah. Maybe. Even yeah, with maybe your little see. bathroom, your 99-degree bathroom setup? Feels yeah. Echoey? I only have... I don't have nearly enough sound baffling in here. It's, you know, bathrooms are just, you know, just classically echoey. They're just so many... So much hard, hard, hard reverberant surfaces. Anyway. Sounds good okay. to me. Yeah. Welcome to the Opposable Thumbs podcast. Opposable Thumbs is a podcast where Taylor and Rob tackle a new creative challenge every two weeks and talk about our accomplishments, failures, and lessons learned. Yes, sir. Oceanic is our challenge this episode. Mm-hmm. Thanks, thanks. Matthew Shinoda. And my name is Rob Ray. I use the he, his gender pronoun and run the exoskeleton art space in Los Angeles. And I am also a designer here in LA as well. And my name's Taylor Hokinson. I'm an artist and educator and DIY enthusiast, CAD cam evangelist, uh, noted tall person. I'm a he-his kind of guy. Taylor, I have lots of strange links to share. Just bring them right in, right up top, because we've got no guests. No guests this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots, lots happening in the world and in the news. One thing is, Taylor, and I think you maybe ha- maybe mentioned this uh, in a previous podcast, but it didn't click mm-hmm. for me, and that is the Bundyville podcast. Have you heard this thing? No, that wasn't me. What's that one all about? Oh, it's um, Bundy, Bundy, not Ted Bundy, uh, Clive and Bundy. Oh, the dude who uh, the the dude who didn't get killed by the government because he's a white guy. Yes, the Nevada rancher. <laughs> oh, it's just like a little shorty, a one season. Yes, yeah, seven part series. It's really good. It really unpacks many interesting things about the Clive and Bundy phenomenon. Um, some of them expected and some of them unexpected. Excellent, as with yeah. all good things. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's um, Long Reads. Do you know that podcast? They like do interviews with writers and other I know, producers and content creators. I know Long, long Reads, the website wherein you can find the last vestiges of journalism that actually take a long ass time to read. Oh, yeah, yeah. I bet it's connected to the I bet the podcast is a derivative of that or connected to that mm. in some way. I like mm-hmm. the podcast a lot. And um, Oregon Public Broadcasting also did the uh, co- co-producer. Anyway, it's a seven-part series. It's real serial-like in a way, but there's it's not yep. like a whodunit, but, um, but you know, it's really good. <clears throat> Speaking of, mm-hmm. did you have you heard the serial trailer yet? Oh, the new one's ready. Is there's this new, the, the yeah. third serial? Is that what Third it is? serial, yep. Yeah, that... That one was really uh, well. You know, Rob, I've been wondering about this. What uh, what made you want to get into podcasting? Because this was your idea, after all. I think the first podcast I ever heard that I ever checked out, you know, like I had heard about the concept, was some sort of like electronic music mix podcast or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is a really cool format. Like, it just shows up in your phone or whatever every every week or whatnot, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Um, and there you have it. And I was just like, wow, that, that's really cool. And then I think probably I'd heard about some sort of tech 
podcast or something like that, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, cause that was, that feels like an er, sort of early, early podcasters I think of as being like Mac tech kind of people or something, or like Merlin sure. Mann, who, who I do listen to, um, occasionally. He's an interesting person. Um, and into the, who originally sort of, I think was known for like, he had this website called 43 folders and like the inbox right. zero concept mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I think this week in yeah. tech was one. Yes. Did I talk about the reassembler? Have you seen this YouTube channel? Oh, no, you'll, you'll like it. Yeah. It's this guy, James May, who just puts things back together. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> like very complicated things. It's really good. I got to that one. Shout out to um, the Recommendo newsletter, which is Kevin Kelly and Mark Fraunfelder and Claudia Dawson. Who um who do the cool tool cool tools podcast? You get you gotta website. give up you gotta give up boing boing one of these days. Let yourself free. <laughs> I don't ever go to boing boing anymore. It's too full of ads. Yeah, that's true. Plus those like really awful belly fat ads. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's like really. I mean I get it. Like I get the whole thing. I get why that exists and stuff. But like, yeah. At some point, I have to choose what I'm gonna fill my screen with, and I can't handle it. So. Yeah. Uh, Here's another one that I haven't listened to yet, but seems promising. Do you do you get Dwell magazine? I know I know I know it, but I don't get it. Every episode is basically we're super rich. We got this dope ass place. There's only uh-huh. three objects on this cast concrete floor that was flown in from Mars or whatever. Um but finally they're starting to do a deeper dive into some uh construction stuff and materials based stuff. So they had a really nice oh. piece about 3d printed glass out of mit and um these cast concrete lamps but i guess they're launching a podcast called rm-3 which is uh raw materials three ways so their first episode um shines a light on zinc oh wow Mm. that's a cool idea for a podcast so yeah so that sounds like it might be all right yeah it sounds great that's all right well i always feel like dwell I feel like the editors of Dwell call people content creators, and that makes my skin crawl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Rob, I crave to see your invention, and I do believe you're first this time, or am I incorrect? Oh, I think I, I guess I am first. All mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Cool. I uploaded a video. So uh, I'm going to hit play right now. Okay, so we are in a an application. It's a screencast an application called FreeMind. And this appears to be some kind of like wireframer. Uh, you're making a mind map of all the different terms that you associate with the, with the word oce- oceanic. Oh, man, I got to get a hold of this program. I'm always telling my students to do this stuff when they're uh, preparing to make artwork. Mm. For those unfamiliar with the mind map, you basically sit down with a piece of paper and you write the term in question in the middle, in this case, case oceanic, and then you draw a little line stretching out from the center bubble, and then you might say on one side, oceanic is like of the ocean, and then on the other side, you so that might be, you know, fish, salt water, and so forth, and then another uh, trunk might be what feels oceanic, and then it's like my to-do list the internet and so forth. So you can you can find ways to start to classify different 
um, abstractions, or in some case, just really objective lists of the nouns associated with a particular topic. Mm. Okay, so we're building this out. On the on the sort of WYSIWYG side, there's um, cold, mysterious, expansive, global. On the other side, uh, like Rob's to-do list, things to fix, never-ending, unknowable. So a lot of stuff about large scale, uh, a depth. Um, but then on the other side, you've also got like um, uh, microscopic and so on, which is basically as scales get incredibly large or incredibly small, they kind of do the same thing. Uh, <laughs> so, so you're kind of doing, like I can't figure out if the video is sort of a performance because as you're drawing out this mind map, um, it's almost like you're having a little bit of a, a wink and a nod with the audience. And every once in a while, you put a little emoticon, a little smiley next to something, which I'm assuming oh. is just your way of bookmarking it to say that this exactly. this might be yep. a direction to go in. Yep, yep. So cardboard boxes, you like impact on oceans, you like... Uh, once again, I think we're going to make the exact same project <laughs> which I find super hilarious. <laughs> there, there are no new ideas from. So my to-do list, cardboard, and impact on the ocean. And now it looks like we're back to Photoshop um, or some related program. So Rob is making an image of, um, he's got a, a fetus in the womb that's relatively far along its development cycle. Uh, initially, he just had it floating in a uh, circle of... Um, black but now he's coming in there and um kind of placing it within a a water droplet or some related shape uh and then getting in with some painting in there with some textures to get everything blended together so it's got it's kind of it's a little gothy like it's got a sort of bummer look to it right now <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. good good mm. and then here there's he's sort of just doing the subtle stuff, so I'm just going to stop talking for a second, just getting that shading and mixing in there. Oh, mm -hmm. oh yeah, I remember now. Yeah, okay. Yep. Gothier, older, grungier. Rob, there's almost nothing I like more than seeing goths and or punks at the grocery store. Because you're like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys also got to decide, do I get the store brand jelly or do I get the fancy jelly? Yep, yeah. Have you seen the, the Glenn Danzig with a kitty litter? Yeah. Yes. Is that a is that a real thing? I think it is. Yeah. Oh, it's that would make me Target, so happy. L.A. Yeah. 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 Where he's carrying two just enormous bags, like he has fifty cats to feed. <laughs> and um, yeah, so now our our water droplet is looking a little sort of um, gross, maybe more oily in nature. We're heading far away from blue, and towards something that seems uh, negative for sure. And I'm assuming that soon we will burst into additional details that tell us how this relates to the ocean. Okay, now we're in Photoshop. Um, it would appear that we are designing an album cover for a vinyl record. And I'll be curious to see. Uh, and we are Googling, is it Drexia? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is that how you pronounce this band name? So I don't, I don't know these guys at all. So this is going to be news to me. And then we're on discogs.com. 
And so I don't know if he was just getting like data about the titles or something. Okay, so the name of the either the single or the album is Aquatic Invasion. Got to get that got to get that font just right. Yeah, I just did my first uh ooh, I like where that one's going. My first um large I'm working on my first large scale consulting project right I think I've talked about it before oh, with cool. um the software company making training videos for them. And uh, it was my, my first time really going through and, you know, getting the company's uh, style guide from the graphic designer and figuring out what the accepted fonts are and so forth. And kind of a uh, new experience for me where normally I'm a little more freewheeling, as you know. Uh, nice. So you settled on a font that looks, you know, slightly handwritten, but still pretty neat. And the album, again, is Drexia. So I'm curious... Ah, so our video has come to an end. So it looks like in this case, you were interested in just some um, sort of reworking the original cover art That's for right. a band whose album um, the challenge Oceanic got you thinking about. Excellent. Yeah, thanks. So, oh, so yeah, so mind mapping. So mm-hmm. mind mapping is a thing I've never really done. Mm-hmm. And I think what I needed to do was like exhaust my ideation process, right? In order mm-hmm. to get it all out of me and then make a decision based on that. And so what was good about the mind mapping is that it did that. It let me do that. It let me just spew out onto the page um, what's in my head. And so how I use my mapping, and I think this is the point is um, there's a, an app, a free application called free mind. There's a bunch of non-free ones, but I like free mind just, just fine. It um, looks great. Although SourceForge totally scares me. Yes, it is an old school project, but uh, I will say so far, it doesn't seem like I have a Russian botnet running on my <laughs> computer. <laughs> the trick with FreeMind is really use the, there's only really two keyboard commands you need to use, tab and enter. I think of mind mapping as sort of like an outline mm-hmm. uh, or just a bulleted list, right? But it lets you kind of keep running with it. And so for Oceanic, I started with two two phrases. One is what is oceanic and then what feels oceanic. And so mm-hmm. what is oceanic was like saltwater, freshwater, fish, sharks. And so so I'd be like fish, sharks, and I'd be like, no, animals. And so then I would make animals, I'd write down animals, and then under animals you write fish, sharks, humans, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, then, and then you're like, oh, plants, plants, bacteria. And so, and then you're like, oh, animals, sharks. Oh, and then... If you have an idea based off of sharks, then you hit the tab key, and that lets you add a new bulleted list in under the sharks category. And so you can just keep typing and typing and typing and typing mm-hmm. without ever taking your finger off the keyboard and just running it out. And so I forget now how I got there, but I got to mute. Oh, I, I got because I was at sound, and so I was thinking about the mm-hmm. sounds of the ocean and how the ocean never stops making a sound. But then from sound, I got to music, and I was wondering about bands that had written about the ocean. And so Mastodon has an album about Moby Dick and Drexia. I was like, oh, Drexia, all of their music is about the ocean. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And I really like them as a band. So I was like, okay. And then, but, but I didn't put a smiley by that one. So I was using smileys to sort of tag. um, Yeah, exactly to your point, Taylor, what I liked. So I could sort of come back to it and dig Mm -hmm. into it more. Um, But what's funny is I didn't, I didn't favorite Drexia at the time, but when I came back to the mind map the next day, I was like, oh, 
oh, I want to I want to work on that one. And then and then it just hit me. I was like, oh, one of the things that's funny about music to me is a lot of music I like feels timeless, but then a lot of design work I look at, I'm like, oh, that's showing its age, you know? <laughs> and so... Yeah, very quickly, too. And it's also when it's your, as a visual artist person, you're like, oh, this is my craft. Like, what would I have done? You know, mm-hmm. like, if I had, if someone had been like, hey, you're making the album cover for this, what would you make? And so I decided to take that on. And so I started digging into the band and just sort of thinking about iconography and that kind of, just like what they talk about. And they, so the premise of the band is, um, it was two people, uh, Gerald Donald and James Stinson. Um, James Stinson uh, died in 2002. But um, the premise, the sort of conceptual framework for the band is that there's this underwater society <laughs> built by the children of pregnant slaves who were thrown overboard during the Middle Passage. So, Dude. Yeah, it's really intense. Yeah, it's really, really awesome. It's such a cool, interesting... Um, kind of Black Panthery, almost kind of like now, like like there's this. There was the, the Middle Passage, and these pregnant women were thrown overboard, and then but then their children were still born underwater, and so they were because they were born underwater, they became underwater beings. Uh-huh. Um, and I I've heard that that's there's this writer Paul Gilroy who has this writing called The Black Atlantic, which is I had heard was influential to their thinking around this, but I haven't I haven't read his stuff. Um, but um and so those people are called wave jumpers and one of their songs is like there are only two wave jumpers in existence today and so it's sort of declaring that they are two descendants of you know the wave jumper people uh but they've done a a number of cool things like they adopted a star called grava four and named a record after it and so i had one of my design ideas was thinking through like how to incorporate a star in there. But I thought it would be really interesting to try to tell the story of this underwater birth, you know, mm-hmm. and like, but also have it feel dark and Detroity and techno-y and also like dark. It's not, it's not like the, the snorks were born, you know, it's like, <laughs> how like were the a, snorks born? That's a good question. Yeah, I guess out <laughs> of that little horn, <laughs> that little, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, so it was fun. And then, and then I was like, Oh, I get to like, do some design work attached to this yeah. band who is no longer around, but I don't know. It, it felt good. It's fun. Nice. I wonder, yeah. I wonder how it would change it with just the simple alteration of the drip heading in the wrong direction. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Because right now, yeah, uh, the fetus appears to originate from above, which it, I mean, it does kind of in your story. So not mm-hmm, to put mm-hmm. too much on that single decision, but man, the story is just so great that I want you to do a lot I more. Like, let's... They're, such, they're such a cool band. Like, And their work, their music is really cool too. Drexia, D-R-E-X-C-Y-I-A. So it's spelled a little funky, but... Red, dude. And, you know, and yeah. I think, I mean, this really plays into, as you'll see, my project, but once you've described it, of course, that story is super compelling and I want more of that, but... um. I'm in this weird moment where the mind mapping is <laughs> like, wait, for a lot of people that would be secondary. That, that's the stuff that you hide uh-huh. as you right, make right. your way to the genius. But um, what with <laughs> my, uh, <laughs> my discovery as of 48 hours ago of Foucault <laughs> and people that a tenured art professor should really know by now. Um, <laughs> I feel like um, 
I'm ready just to throw out the whole results thing and just stick to the process. <laughs> yeah. So Foucault, what was Foucault's first name? Uh, I think uh, it's like Cher. I think it's just Foucault. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm kidding. Michel, Michel Foucault. Yeah. 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 He's not Foucault, the Foucault's pendulum Foucault. Oh, I was always wondering about that. Yeah. I always, yeah. I always feel like I have to classify which Foucault I'm talking about because of the people I hang around. They're thinking of the Foucault's pendulum person. But. Yes. The, uh, yeah, the, uh, the story I always remember with Foucault's pendulum is there's a big one, a giant one at the um, Natural History Museum in Chicago. And then some high school kid thought it would be hilarious to um, slide down the banister right next to Foucault's pendulum. Uh, but it's just wide open. That's like three or four stories tall. And they just went sliding right off the edge and that was it. And they died. Oh my gosh. And so, uh, <laughs> so a... Uh, a close and personal friend who shall not be named always joked that on their way down they were shouting Foucault. <laughs> oh I feel gosh. terrible laughing about that, but man, it was just so so preposterous of a way to it's go. Harsh. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, we all did such dumb stuff in high school, and I suppose that yes. could have been any of us. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, way to bring it out in a bummer, Rob. My bad. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> So, you want to see some more stuff? I do. Dive in there. I I went kind of bananas on the imagery this time. Oh. So, I see, I just opened up the zip and I see lots of files. Uh So, I see what looks to be a Weller classic old school soldering iron station Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's like the nice light blue but it seems that the temperature knob is missing Mm -hmm. okay oceanic is the challenge okay so i just had to get that in my head Mm -hmm. and underneath it it says fx 10 oh maybe that's oh it's degrees fahrenheit times 10 i see so 35 is on the far left hand of the dial so that's 350 well i never knew that and then <laughs> thanks man. i know i was like oh, yeah sure <laughs> the, the things the things that can come about when someone's looking at a picture they don't understand um okay so oh so the next image is a board this may be the board from inside the soldering iron i'm not sure i don't uh i'm not exactly sure what i'm looking at but it looks like some like five volt like kind of ice cube relay kind of shapes and then some mm-hmm. wiring harnesses and then there's a really cool thing that's wrapped with duct tape it looks to be some sort of coil or something, but I don't know what that is. Uh, hmm. No identifying things on there other than like circuit board with a bunch of stuff. That's it's a little sparse and looks old school, so it doesn't look like. So that one's a that one's a microwave. That oh, it's a my, microwave. Yeah, that's the interior of a microwave. Oh wow! So there are okay. there are a number of different items, and and the um, you'll see that they're grouped in the file names. So the soldering is just one. Oh yeah. But okay, then there's cool. a couple under the heading micro. Oh, I should pay attention to the following. Yeah, two micro. Okay, 2.1 micro. That looks like a blown fuse, like a mm-hmm. classic old school glass fuse. Mm-hmm. Aha. Three micro is a box of fuses. Uh, the assortment one would one would purchase mm-hmm. when buying fuses because they know they're going to need always the one that they don't have. Uh, number four micro looks to be the handle of the microwave. And oh yeah, there's the kill switches I think from the handle that when you open the microwave, it's just why it turns off. 
Bingo. Good oh, job, man. Good. Yeah. I've always, yeah. <laughs> I've always thought about taking a part of my crib. Um, aha. Oh, oh, oh. So we see another a box and a box, a shipping box, and some like uh, packing lists from some sort of electronics company. Uh, from. I can't see this far away. Uh, but what we see here is like a what I think of as a cherry switch mm-hmm. style switch. Um, He's on uh-huh. a roll. Now here's a video. Aha. Uh-huh. I think Taylor Taylor is now sharing that he has fixed the microwave, and he just put what looks to be a cup of water in a coffee mug, and the microwave is fixed. And it's in a kitchen. It's like an over-range, above-range microwave. So it's a nice microwave, so I can see why you'd want to fix it. Awesome. Okay, so image. the next image is a bunch of 3D printed parts of unidentifiable origin so far. Oh, uh-huh. uh-huh. So we're seeing some 3D printed parts, and we're seeing some similar cherry, like rocker-style cherry switches. And those cherry switches have like two holes in them that you use to mount to a panel. And I always see those and I'm mad at them because I, I'm like, I don't have two screw holes to go right there. But what yep. Taylor has done is made a mount with those holes. So you can just pop that cherry switch with the holes right onto like two little studs, which is already totally awesome. Aha. Uh-huh. And then he's, I don't know what this is, but Oh, CNC. Oh, he's fixing a CNC machine. Oh, Oh, these are the stop switches maybe Yep. on the CNC machine because we're seeing that, um, Taylor, what's the name of that bar stuff that they make CNC pl- platforms out of? T-bar, oh, you mean the uh, 8020, that kind of stuff? 8020, yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah. The the table is a T-slot table. But then T-slot, the, okay, yeah. It, yeah. it looks 8020-esque, but this one is actually, it's deceiving. This one is a more sort of um, purpose-built one that you get out of China. So this one's actually called a 6040. 60. Which wow. so eighty twenty is named for that idea that there's some things that you eighty uh, percent of the time twenty percent of the materials will fix the job or something like that. Yes. But the um, yeah, but this is just a reference to the uh, the um, cutting envelope sixty forty ah uh, okay in centimeters centimeters okay cool mm-hmm. cool oh yeah cool so a CNC machine has little switches at the end. And what that's for, as I understand it, is when the a CNC is, um, think of it like a drill hanging over, like dangling over uh, like a flat surface. And that drill style bit, it's not really a drill bit, but it kind of is, moves back and forth and up and down. But when it gets to the edge, it needs to know when to stop. And so there's a little switch at the end that it, it it's very analog and like lo-fi. It just bumps into the switch. And when it bumps into the switch, the switch like throws the kill and like keeps it from moving anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really elegant and simple solution to what feels like a complicated problem. But anyway, if you look up CNC kill switch on YouTube, you'll see a better explanation than what I just described. Okay. Homing, homing and limits will probably get you further. Yes. Limit switch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we see the CNC board. It looks like some like motor controller boards. It's just like the guts of the CNC, the power um, brick and stuff like that. Aha. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Aha, uh-huh. and we're seeing a rounded square, so like a square with rounded corners cut out of a piece of metal, and we see enough like flakes of metal around that it looks like Taylor has just cut this rounded square out. So compare uh, that to the image before, 
and tell me what you think I'm doing with that thing. Mm, I don't know. If you look, if you look closely at the contents of the of the uh, metal case, does everything yes. look like it's factory spec? <laughs> oh no, no. Well, <laughs> you're like it was made in China, and I'm like. Well, it's probably a cheap CNC. I was like, maybe there's a wooden board in the box. <laughs> no. Yeah. I see now. So there is a wooden mount board in the bottom of this chassis that's yeah. like a, a piece of rough plywood from mm-hmm. like a home store that's maybe six inches by six inches that's like bolted down to the bottom. And then right. mounted on top of that looks to be, a, I think, yeah, a motor controller board, mm-hmm. uh, which is just like a circuit board that makes the motors go. Um okay oh oh okay okay so we have a cnc repair so i still don't know the rounded square how that fits in oh i do know i know now i think i know i think because there's a is that a usb port or something Mm -hmm. you good on the far left hand side of the circuit board that taylor needs a hole in the case for otherwise he would have to take the case off in order to plug the usb oh and there's the usb cable taylor excellent photo uh, composition i just missed it <laughs> taylor teased it with a usb cable there on the left hand side next to the jack <laughs> and <laughs> and i missed it so i see yeah usb new controller board and new hole in the cnc machine box in order to accommodate it aha then more limit switches Ooh, very fancily 3d printed to like fit perfectly uh that's a really good repair wow that's cool i felt good about that one now we see an wow a Wega, which is a a classic at this point. Sony television. They were first not flat screen, and then they became flat screen, and they were really like well known. And it says a sign that I believe Taylor created or someone else did. Free TV needs new bulb, possible repair. So this looks like it could be added to Taylor's list of amazing repairs. And I feel like I know where the oceanic theme is <laughs> and that, that a, a life that Taylor's life is it. Taylor swims in a never ending sea of things to do or to repair. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. I, I feel that pain. Oh, whoa. This, so Taylor has taken apart the TV and there is some gnarly looking stuff in there that I can't really identify, but it looks broken. Like the, I don't know what that is. Some kind of projector beam or something. This is so cool. Taylor's letting us know that he's fixed the fixed the TV, but hasn't turned it on yet. So he's going to see. Hopefully Taylor doesn't die in this <laughs> video. We have a sense that he doesn't because he's yeah. on the podcast. Big reveal. Plugged it in. Pushing on the button. Nothing. He just walked off camera and I think discovered that the cable maybe wasn't plugged in. <laughs> And this is in like Taylor's garage space. Some nice rough unfinished walls. Aha, red light, blinking light, green light. Oh yeah, it's on, it's on. It says wide mode full. It's, <laughs> it's coming in and it's expecting video channel seven. I think Taylor fixed the, oh, and here it is. It's working. There's a really cool like scenic image of looks like Nevada or something. Yeah, it's a 55 inch TV. I've never, I've never had a TV wow. that big before. <laughs> Is it a flat screen or is it a tube TV? It's it's a flat screen, but it's it certainly appears to be an early version because the it yeah. has a pretty fat back on it, so it's probably yeah, yeah. twelve inches deep. Um, oh, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. But the uh, the replacement bulb was twenty bucks, 
And so wow. somebody was throwing yeah. it out literally across the alley from my garage. So I just opened my garage one day and it was sitting there and they put a sign on it that said it probably needs a new bulb. So I bought a new bulb and it worked fine. So I don't know why. Was that, that was their that was their sign they made? Yeah. Yeah, that was their good sign. handwriting. Yeah. Put the little uh um remote on it and everything. But yeah, if it had rained, I mean it would have just totally trashed that thing. So you fixed a TV set, a soldering iron, a CNC machine, and there's one a microwave. Yeah. Dude, that's a lot of fixing in two weeks. <laughs> I ch- I cheated a little bit. The um the CNC machine is something that I've been working on. So I'd already gotten the board installed, but the limit switches uh-huh. I did. I'm also going to put one more amazing image online here for you that I found while doing research about how to fix um, the microwave, which was a oh cool a how-to video talking about these different quick connectors done by this person with the most amazing uh, manicure I've ever seen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like kind of makes your skin crawl, but you can't look away. Like that kind of manicure. Ooh, whoa. That is a crazy yeah. manicure. Yeah. It's like very <laughs> idealized. It's like, you know those, um, so do you know that like, uh, like hair boutiques, like hair cutting places, mm-hmm. they all have that art by that person. Yeah. From the 80s. The, from the eighties, yeah, this is the nails that that person would have if we could yes. see their hands, <laughs> like bursts of neon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Terminal selection. Wow. Oh yeah. Oh cool. I mean, you That's... you basically laid it all out, which is just that you know the ocean makes you think of all the shit we throw yes. in the garbage and and then in the ocean. Um, and I keep on having these funny conversations with my partner Audrey, who just uh, fixing stuff holds no um, joy for her. Like she likes yeah. it to be fixed, but she always laughs at my um, my excitement about the process of doing it. Uh, yes. And and I had mentioned this in a previous episode, maybe it was even one or two episodes ago, where you know this is something I really have in common with her mom and her grandmother, who are both immigrants, who are really all about you know squeezing the last bit of usefulness out of something. Um, so Audrey does not, does not feel that, uh, pressure, but I, I totally get it. So the, so the TV was kind of a, a no brainer, like somebody it was right there and it seemed completely pristine. And I figured I'd spend 20 bucks just to see if it was that obvious. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. <laughs> you know, yeah, so right, now, right. now that I have it, I'm kind of responsible for it, but, um, the microwave, uh, blue what was it like a light blew out and then we replaced the light and then the fuse blew out and so i changed the fuse and the fuse blew out again immediately huh um also if i bought the sears fuse it was going to be eleven dollars but if i bought 250 fuses on amazon it was eight dollars yep Yep. (laughs) i know right so i so i did that and then um in doing the research it turns out because there's you know a giant high high voltage capacitor in there but um in order to save yourself from yourself if one of any three switches in the door feels like contact is not being made correctly, it'll just blow the fuse as a way to keep you from turning the microwaves oh. on with a leaky door. That's smart. Um, so you can pull them out 
and then one of them just felt really mushy, and um, I got continuity on both the open and closed position. And so once that had happened, I think I got... So I ordered those parts from Aero. Um, and dude, if you're not ordering from Aero right now, they, they just... Um, they just started doing free overnight shipping on almost all their parts. So you can just go on there and get like one switch and (laughs) it just shows up the next day for free. Um, so yeah, I think the switch was like a buck 50 or something. Although it's, it's kind of its own oceanic irony because it comes double boxed with all this packing paper. Yes. So yeah, so you had referenced two things when you were looking at my mind map. One of them, yeah, was my to projects I want to do and my to do list was yep. like the seventh thing I had under what feels oceanic, mm-hmm. and then under trash I had cardboard boxes and that yeah that's funny wow yeah we were definitely on the same same wavelength there the soldering station was just something that I've been I knocked the dial off mine like seven years ago and then I just realized oh I could just go in there and use a threaded standoff to make myself a new stem that looks a lot oh, nicer. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was that was something I'd just been sitting on forever in a day. But um but it it kind of brings it back to the the holistic uh content here is that for me the excitement really comes in the figuring it out and the sort of method around like the limit switch is just something that keeps the CNC machine from eating itself. Yes. But to sort of craft a mount for the limit switch that allows it to be attached to the device with no extra drilling and no glue is that it's, it's like its own little miniature sculpture or design problem. And arguably you're just doing it in order to make something else. But I always come back to, I just want to make the tools and then, and then give it to somebody uh-huh. else and like uh-huh. let them uh-huh. figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. So yeah, that's so thing. cool. Yeah. That's so cool. And the, how did you, is it spelled arrow a R R O W? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'll check that out. And then, where did you get the the TV part? That was just on Amazon. So I just looked up oh. the part number for the TV and wow. replacement bulb. And I think wow. um, the OEM stuff might be closer to seventy five bucks or a hundred yeah. something. But they and they were slightly cheaper ones too. And you know, people would complain that they weren't quite as bright as the original or whatever. But my my standards were pretty low. Wow. That's wow. That's really cool. Right. Oh, where and 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 where can you find these excellent photos and videos of Taylor's multiple repairs and of my record cover? Mm-hmm. But com. It's the place to be. Yes, and also we have an Instagram account called Opposable Underscore Podcast. You can uh, hit us up there and uh, say hey, and please do, and also check out uh, stuff that we post, uh, our projects that we post there. Mm-hmm. Um, also we will send you an opposable thumb sticker. If you would like one, you only have to do one very simple thing, which is share a podcast episode with a friend and we will send you a sticker. So hit us up on Instagram after you do that or email us at opposable podcast at gmail.com. That's opposable podcast at gmail.com and we'll send you a sticker and shout out to a wolf mask who made our neon thumb wrestlers logo. You can check out his work at wolfmaskart.co.uk. I tried to go to, there was free Lucha Libre wrestling Ooh. in the park by my house this weekend, um, but it got rained out. And so I took my oh, kid no. there afterwards, and there were only one or two people hanging around, but this one person uh, was wearing um, kind of like 
Matrix, the Matrix looking getup with fishnets and the sort of yes. leatherette and uh, these fluorescent green braids that were hanging down to their waist, but all the way around the head. So covering the face oh, just wow. in the same uh-huh. way it would cover the back of the head. And then there were these <laughs> two fake devil horns coming out of the braids. And my kid was super not into it. And I said, you know, oh. don't don't worry. They're just pretending, you know, da 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 yeah. da Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as we were leaving later, she said, I do not want to talk to those pretenders. <laughs> so, yeah, wow. she was not having it. So so maybe it was just as well that we missed the wrestling. Oh, that's cute. Wow, yeah. Goth, it's funny that goth, goth or like sort of that, that sort of S&M vibe mm-hmm. has really, it's really interesting that it's sort of just become so exaggerated and like yeah. costumey, you know, mm-hmm. it's really, it's cool. I like it. Um, our podcast is dedicated to providing a harassment free experience for everyone, regardless of race, gender, age, sexual orientation, disability, physical appearance, body size, knowledge of subject matter or religion or lack thereof. We actively support an inclusive environment and we want you to be a part of it. And you can check out our full code of conduct over at our site. You ready? You ready for the next challenge? I am, and I have no idea. Now it's it's on you and me. The downside of not having a guest is we have to think about it. Yeah, you know, I I had one idea when I was walking today. The the bad part of me was thinking, oh, let me think about something I'm really interested in. I was thinking about how you said poetry is one of the few art forms where people just say I hate that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. I I thought that hate could be the whoa the, the theme. <laughs> Unless that's too fraught in today's, uh, oh, but, but maybe it's an opportunity to uh, give more than one definition to such a terrible, potentially terrible thing. So yeah, that's oh, what I was man. thinking about. So, you know, hate or things I hate or something like that was one idea I had. What's an idea that you've got? Well, ironically, the thing that I thought of was just based off what you said, and my idea was nothing. Well, that that's interesting, too. I could go with either one. Which one do you want to pick? Let's see. We could do a coin toss on that, or if we have... You, you don't have a dice handy, do you? Yeah. I have a beer bottle cap, so um, so I'm going to flip it and tell me in the air whether it's heads or tails for nothing. You ready? Yes. Go. Heads. Uh, I got tails. Tails. Uh, it's your call, then. Hate. All right. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. Hate. All right. Hate mm-hmm. is our... Episode 41 will be hate. Shout out to the, our previous guests who called in. And uh, Oh, yeah. I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> do, you have, do you have any samples in mind, like any phrases? In mind? <clears throat> yes. Ready? <clears throat> yes. And now it's time for a breakdown. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Here, you do Good. one. Uh, mm, let's see. Um, uh, 